Welcome to Kentucky History and Haunts, UFO edition. I'm Jesse Bartholomew, and today we're going to talk about aliens in Kentucky. Um, I love UFO stories. I love abduction stories. So I'm really excited about this one. So I'm taking us back to January 6th, 1976, which the 70s were a great decade for UFO sightings and abductions. Um, You had the Allagash abductions in Maine. That was in August of 76. Um, The Tehran UFO incident in Iran. That was 76. That one's crazy. If you don't know about it, look it up. But today we're in Kentucky. So these three women went to the Redwoods restaurant in Lancaster, Kentucky. And if you try to look this restaurant up, it's weird. It's like it never existed. It's very hard to find, which kind of like adds to the mystique of the whole story. So I love that. Um, And for those of you who don't know, Lancaster is south of Lexington. It's kind of like in between Berea and Danville. So three women, their names were Mona Stafford, Elaine Thomas, and Louise Smith. And they were going out to celebrate Mona's 36th birthday. So happy birthday, Mona. Um, They were said to have not consumed any alcohol during their meal. So some birthday party. Um, They finished around 11.15 p.m., and they started driving home, which was Liberty, Kentucky. And according to the internet, Liberty is a little bit over 40 minutes driving southeast from Lancaster. So I guess it's good they weren't drinking because that's like a small road trip. So they get to Stanford, which on a map looks like they're about a third of the way home. And they turn... Louise's Chevy Nova, which, great choice, Louise. They turn it right on Houstonville Road when this lit-up object appears in the sky and it starts moving towards their car. And at first, they're like, this is a burning airplane and it's coming right towards us. So they're already a little freaked out. And then it gets closer and they're like, that's not a burning airplane. That's not anything like we've ever seen before. They reported this object was, quote, larger than two houses featuring a metallic disc with a ring of red lights at its midsection and a dome atop. So it sounds like your pretty standard spaceship. So they're like, we need to keep driving. And they make it about a quarter mile down the road. And then all of a sudden, they feel like they've lost control of the car. And all inside the car is filled with this strange blue light. So the women are really panicking now. The car is starting to speed up on its own to 85 miles an hour. And this object in the the sky is basically following right atop the car. So their last known memory of the event was like this notion that their car had been backed up into an empty farm field. Again, like out of their control. They didn't stop the car. The car kind of backs itself up into this empty field. The next thing they remember is being back in the car with their eyes burning and with red marks on their backs. About an hour and 20 minutes of time had been lost But they didn't even realize this until they got back to Louise's trailer. And they look at the clock and they're like, how on earth is it this late? So they even actually, they go to a neighbor's house or a neighbor's trailer, I guess. And 
they're like, what time is it? And he confirms that it's way later in the evening and they're like, oh boy, this is not good. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. These three women go to the local police station and they go to a local Navy recruiting station. And both of them are like, yeah, ma'am, that's outside of our jurisdiction. We don't, we don't deal with alien abductions. So nothing is done there, but then somehow the media gets wind of the story and all of a sudden it's just everywhere. Every, everybody knows about it. So shortly after that, um, investigator Jerry Black of the Mutual UFO Network starts trying to contact these women. And at first, they're reluctant to talk to him. And, you know, it could be just they were very stressed out and traumatized and not feeling good from the weird effects from it. Um, but finally, they do agree to give him an interview. Side note, if you look up Jerry Black from the Mutual UFO Network, there's some really fun stuff that comes up. There's an issue of the July 2008 Mutual UFO Network journal that's really entertaining. Uh, So if you have an extra minute, I definitely recommend looking that up. Um, So Dr. Black has an assistant. Her name is Peggy Schnell, and she comes with him to conduct the interview. And I don't love this part because she... She claims to have a past UFO experience herself, and it seems like they brought her to like compare notes with the women, and it makes me feel like she was leading them, which like I just don't like that part of the story. It bums me out. Um, but they go to interview them, and the women start talking, and they're like, we have all been losing weight um, with no explanation, and we're all thirsty all the time, like, desperately, insatiably thirsty. So they're having these weird physical effects, but other strange things are happening too. For example, Louise couldn't touch her car without it developing electrical issues. She had a pet bird, a parakeet, who would not let her get near it, and her alarm clock stopped working anytime she touched it. So Black and Schnell are listening to all this. And by the end of the interview, they're like, oh my God, we, it's the real deal. Like we got one. Um, so they're hyped. Enter Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Great name. Fascinating guy. He comes in and he's like, I got to join this interview. So he comes in for the second interview with Louise, Mona, and Elaine. Dr. Sprinkle was a consulting psychologist for the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, or APRO, which was active from 1952 until 1988. He was also a professor of psychology at the University of Wyoming, and he kind of focused on parapsychology, which is like the study of extrasensory perception and precognitive dreams. 
And I've got a little quote about him here. I just, he's really an interesting guy. So it says, Sprinkle examined the social and behavioral side of people who have spotted UFOs to prove that UFOs may be an earthly or mental occurrence. Yet the press never seemed to get his theory correct. So it sounds like he was sort of misrepresented by the media. Anyway, he also wrote books. Uh, He's still alive. I'm talking about him in the past tense, but I believe he's alive. I think he's 90 years old. He wrote a book called Soul Samples, Personal Exploration and Reincarnation and UFO Experiences. And if you read the summary, it sounds so bananas and fascinating. Um, You can get it on Amazon for $35 in paperback if you're curious. There's another one he wrote called Children of the Greys. And don't look this one up because the cover art is super uncomfortable. It is just unsettling. Um, But I'll post a picture of him on Instagram because he just looks like the kind of guy that sits around all day pondering the mind and the self and space. Interesting guy. So he puts these women under regressive hypnosis and they start talking. Uh, The women revealed that they had boarded the craft, had been subjected to some type of medical experimentation, which is super common in abduction reports. Um, Also that they were placed in humiliating positions, though not sexually violated. And that's kind of interesting because if you look up a lot of abduction reports, some sort of sexual examination or like a study of their reproductive biology seems to be like a common occurrence because like allegedly these extraterrestrial beings are very interested in how we reproduce. I mean, that tracks. So... Dr. Black and Dr. Sprinkle, they start running out of money (laughs) and they're like, we're going to have to give away the rights to this story to the National Enquirer, make some money. And so we can keep this thing rolling. So that's what they do. And then they have another interview once they get things going again. And this time they're like, you know what we should do? We, we should probably bring in lie detectors so that we're not just wasting our time here. So They bring in James Young, who was a detective for the Lexington Police Department. Shout out Lexington. And the tests were held at the Brown Hotel in Liberty. And these women passed. And they all passed with flying colors. So everybody's like, oh my god. Like, this is crazy. They're either really good liars or they're telling the truth. So because they haven't been subjected to enough yet... Dr. Sprinkle's like, all right, girls, I'm going to hypnotize you again. And even more stuff comes out. So this third interview, Elaine reports that she was probed with specific types of instruments with bullet-like tips. They all reported that they had pressure placed on their limbs with certain other instruments and that all their bodies were scanned in some way. And then what I think is most exciting They described communicating telepathically with shadowy figures with frightening eyes. They also mentioned um, they all underwent painful eye examinations, which explains why all their eyes were burning when they got back to the car. So all of these claims from Elaine, Mona, and Louise were actually supported by the fact that there had been other sightings of a UFO that same night that they claimed to have been abducted. There were sightings 
both in Casey and Lincoln counties. So Liberty is right in the middle of Casey County and Stanford is in Lincoln County, which is where the, the car was parked and where they like lost time. So also remember that field that they were backed into? The farmer who owned that land said he actually saw a craft of some sort shine beams of light into a car on his property that night. Quote, to this day, the Stanford incident is considered one of the best documented cases of alien abduction in UFO history. That is a quote from the book Haunted History, Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Bluegrass State by Alan Brown. I also used encyclopedia.com to look up the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, and I used wyomingpublicmedia.org to learn about Dr. Leo Sprinkle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, thanks for listening to Kentucky History and Haunts UFO Edition. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe, share, and review. It means the world to me. And if you want to come on the show or you have something that you think I need to cover, send an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. Also find me on Instagram at kyhistoryhaunts. You can send me a message there or on Facebook, Kentucky History and Haunts. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next time.